This is the Mercy Talk podcast. Mercy Talk is brought to you by Mercy Multiplied. We exist to encourage, equip, and empower both men and women with the same biblically-based principles we've seen work for over 35 years in our residential homes. If you want to find out more, head on over to mercymultiplied.com. everyone welcome back to mercy talk this is melanie and i'm here with brooke and rachel what's up guys <laughs> hi brooke. i don't ever know what to say there like y'all should have a greeting hi. we yeah. should have just given you an opportunity yeah anyway uh so we are glad that you guys have joined us today we're kind of right smack dab in the middle of a series that we have been man it's been a few weeks now uh, but we've been doing a series on nancy alcorn's new book treatment or transformation and we're sharing stories from the book, but then we're also sharing some of just the principles of freedom that are discussed throughout the book that relate to each of those stories. And so uh, we encourage you, if you haven't um, if you haven't listened to the ones before that you do, uh, definitely at least the first, uh, the first podcast we recorded of this series was with Nancy, where she talks about the book, the vision behind the book, what encouraged her to write the book. Um, so it's just really interesting. Um, and then obviously we also want to encourage you. I don't know if we've been doing this each time, but man, we're not, we're giving you like the tiniest versions of these chapters. So we really encourage yeah. you to go, go online, go to our website, go to Amazon. You can get the book there um, to just get, you know, the fuller version of all that we've been sharing. Yeah. So this is not the audio. <laughs> Yeah, this is not book. the audio yeah. book at yeah. all. We're but kind of pulling pieces out that we, you know, feel yeah. like need to be talked about, I guess, and in this forum. Yes. That was very formal. That was formal. very official. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So today, actually, um, I'm covering the story and like a reporter. I don't know. I don't know what that is. I'm I'm telling I'm the story. I'm covering the story. I'm telling the story. Um, and this story is about Brittany. Um, I'm going to go ahead and do uh, something we don't do very often on the show, which is give a parental advisory that you're, you may not want your young ones to kind of hear through this. A lot of times we don't tell details, but I'm going to do a couple, um, share a couple of things that, you know, uh, children probably don't need to hear about. Yeah. Um, so there you go. Um, so this is stories about Brittany. Um, or this is Brittany's story, I should say. And so Brittany was born and raised in the Northeast. Um, she was the daughter of Haitian immigrants, very hardworking family. Um, and with family, there were a lot of people in her home. So it was her parents, her uncle, her grandmother, and then four kids. Uh, yeah, so that's a lot, a lot of people. There's just three in mine, and I'm filled <laughs> tight sometimes um but she so they all live together um and and one of kind of the key pieces that that Brittany remembers starting out with was that she was made fun of a lot um Mm -hmm. for being in her neighborhood and having dark skin and people apparently would basically say like that you don't belong here immigrants don't belong here and some other kids threatened to burn down their house um and that was something that really stuck with her for obvious reasons, mm-hmm. but kind of like, are you know, are they serious? Like just the first, yeah. I think piece, if you read this whole story to me, that was the first piece of fear, mm-hmm. at least in the story that you could point out mm-hmm. of like, am I, am I not safe? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, and we'll kind of talk about how that developed, um, over time. And so, um, basically Brittany's parents, as we mentioned, were very hardworking. And when she was about five years old, her uncle began sexually abusing her. And he then even got to the point where, and, and I won't get into too many details, but basically 
what I would say grooming for a trafficked relationship. And that's eventually what happened. Um, but he began controlling her behaviors would discourage her from talking and liking other boys, her age. Um, and of course she was instructed not to tell anybody what she was doing. And she feared that terrible things would happen if she did, um, around eight years old, she actually began to wonder, is this normal? And, Mm -hmm. you know, just a side note, um, Somebody asked me the other day, they're like, why would people stay in these relationships? And, you know, we have to remember our job is to inform kids what is healthy and what is normal. Mm -hmm. And if this is what they have experienced, Mm -hmm. they don't know. Yeah. Right. And that's that, you know, this is what they know to be normal. Um, And so that's just, you know, a footnote from Brooke there. So anyway, Mm -hmm. um, but basically, you know, and then her uncle began to what I would call spiritually abuse her using the story of Ruth and Boaz. I know everybody in here is like, I I know I can't either. I can feel you. Somebody just pulled over and was like, I need a minute on this. Yeah. So he used the story of Ruth, Ruth and Boaz, um, showing a loving relationship between Mm -hmm. a younger girl and an older man. Anyway, I know it's hard to even talk about. Um, and then, Actually, when she was 12, her father actually asked if anything inappropriate was going on. And um, at this point, she was really afraid of what might happen. And so she she didn't tell him. Um, and then eventually he began trafficking her, trafficking her to another man within their church congregation. And it just gets better. Yeah, I just know. yeah. Mm-hmm. It, so um, so basically behind all of that. In a way to cope, she began began self harming and contemplating suicide. Which, with all due respect, I don't know what else you would do, right? I mean, that's really mm-hmm. like, what do you do in that situation? Um, so then, uh, time moves on. When Brittany was eighteen, her parents discovered that her uncle was also abusing her sister. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, all of a sudden, the abuse that had been going on suddenly stopped. But then there wasn't any support and how to deal with it. Right. Which is a really common thing. A lot of times we go, Oh, this has been happening. That is so terrible. We will make it stop. But then there's not support. Yeah. You know, you're just like, you know, and and now what, like there's so much on the other side of healing for that, but we think we made it stop. Now you're good. No, like we've got to Mm -hmm. so much healing now the processing. Yeah. Now the seriously, now the work begins because you can't heal in the midst of trauma. Yeah. Yeah. You know, not in that, not in a therapeutic way, if right. that makes sense. I mean, Jesus can do it, but, um, and so, you know, anyway, so she began, um, you know, basically living out the relationship she had with her uncle, but with boys her own age, ended up getting pregnant, had an abortion, um, began using pills, continuing to cut, to numb the pain. Again, all makes sense. Um, she ended up, uh, having a, a breakdown, ended up in a psych unit and her church family called a meeting to discipline her. Um, and basically she was unable to just hide behind this anymore. And so she revealed that the abuse was going on. Um, it had been going on in the church for years. And then, uh, the church unfortunately did not support her. Well, there's a lot of condemnation that came out of that. So she ended up, uh, moving to Florida and began prostituting herself and using drugs. Um, she had another suicide attempt after that. And then, um, in the hospital and I don't, I'm not even sure how this happened, but her, the, about mercy. And so she applied and ended up coming into one of our homes. And so what is interesting, and I can say this from a, from a counseling perspective is, and it's, I think our story the week before, um, or is that, 
uh, this idea that they're going to come into the home and follow the rules, right? Mm-hmm. That this almost like a people pleasing thing that comes out of it. And, mm-hmm. and, and sometimes we do, we have residents who come in and they're just thankful. They're thankful they're safe, you know, at some levels and I'm just going to do what I need to do and I'm going to be cool and yay Jesus. Right. <laughs> and then the counselor's like, right, but we're going to go deeper. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and then they're not happy about that. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. It's okay. Cause we're used to that. Um, but it is interesting when that happens, you know, we actually get more concerned about the ones who are just trying to follow the rules than yes. the ones who come in guns a blazing. Right. Yeah, you, kinda, you know, you know yeah. what's going on with them sometimes. And so anyway, so they really challenged her counselor really challenged her and said, you don't have to wear the mask here. You don't have to do that. And they kept kind of pursuing. And she even actually got pushed to the point where um, she started feeling healing. But that did not mean for that to rhyme. But she did. She started, (laughs) you know, feeling the Lord's presence. He started working on her heart. And then she actually considered leaving the program, which, again, that happens, too. We get Mm -hmm. somewhere, but then it's like how it hurts Mm -hmm. so bad Mm -hmm. and how much more can we really do together? Right. Um, and so she broke down and of course the staff met her with love. They were like, we get it, but we're not going to let you stop here. We're going to keep going. And she chose to show up. She chose to continue to do that. And as she prayed through basically her past hurts, um, God healed each and every one of them. Um, true freedom began to take root, meaning that she actually knew how to live free Right. He was healing her. But how do I actually live like that on the daily basis when my entire life has been, you know, what her life had been? Um, and so anyway, she uh, graduated. She spent a year in Missouri and then attended a Bible college where she majored in biblical studies and worship arts. And she currently works with sex and domestic violence, uh, sex and domestic violence agency. Um, and she became Rhode Island's first school based advocate for student victims and. Um, And so she's still working on an expressive arts program and just supporting, you know, the brokenhearted that she can identify with so much, but being able to be a person who's like, Hey, I'm on the other side of this. And Mm -hmm, let me tell you what the Lord has done. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just a really, really neat thing. And, um, you know, hers is one that we can, you know, obviously immediately see like, Oh no, I, I get, I get why things were, yeah really bad, you know, and, and those are, um, I want to say, I don't want to say it's easy. I don't mean that, but you know, her story, it's, it's very, um, uh, clear to, Mm -hmm. to pick out how bad that was. But as we've talked about before, the way that the enemy manipulates in those situations is no different than the way he manipulates for the people who, whose parents got divorced. Yeah. Right. And so what he did there was, was her identity was one of fear, Right. I have to do things for other people to be safe, to keep my family safe. Um, I'm going to be used. I'm not going to hurt the people in my church. Mm -hmm. And then I'll be honest with you guys. um, Nine times out of 10, the way that people react to your trauma is the most traumatic thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so even though that had been awful, if we imagine a world where, and this is no judgment on our parents, I have no idea what was going on, you know, but, but when I work with families, we talk about that. So when your kids shared these things with you, your response Mm -hmm. is what will really impact where we can go healing wise, or let's pretend that the church had met her with love and kindness and handled on that. I mean, you know, that's a big part of it. People's reactions to what's going on in your life yeah. is is a big piece of the continuing continuation of the trauma. Sure. Mercy really expresses love very well. 
all the staff would write little notes or you'd pass by it and they'd encourage you. And they would not stop loving on you and it didn't even matter what you did or how many times you did it. They just continued to love on you and that's what God intended for us to do, is to love one another and to show each other love. And I mean, I walked in there feeling hopeless and feeling like no one could ever love me. And if people knew about my story, then, you know, they'd put me out or shame is one of the things that just jumps right out that window when you're at Mercy because there is no shame there and there is no judgment there. And you go in there and you're able to be honest, you're able to be real and you're able to break chains that you never expected would be, you know, broken. And I met God um, at Mercy. Please visit mercymultiplied.com today for more information. And remember, there is no problem too big or too small for God. I think two of the most painful parts for us, like we just cringed sitting here <laughs> as we heard it, was was just how much of this abuse came through the church and came through um, spiritual abuse and, and using scripture to justify abuse. Yeah. Like, oh my word. I mean, if we got anybody out there who's unsure, let's just go on the record by saying that yeah. in no way, no matter what a family member might suggest or heaven forbid someone in the church might suggest, is abuse ever condoned by God. <laughs> No. Nope. Never. Never. So just, you know, be on guard for that. But, you know, something that we're so passionate about here at Mercy is just that people in leadership, and we're not talking about just leadership in the church. I mean, whether this is other nonprofits, ministries, corporations, it doesn't matter. People in leadership um, being healthy. Like that is something that we are so, we really feel strongly about. I mean, so much of our Empower workshops that we do here are designed to not just equip these leaders and helpers who come in to be trained, not to say like, here's a bunch of things you can use so that you're better at what you do. No, so much of it is about the Lord doing a work in their life. And, you know, I even have been thinking about this because as you guys know, we're just like a few short weeks away from having a little baby in the world. Um, And I've just been thinking like, I can read all the parenting books and I can get all the parenting tactics and I can do all the things, but I'm only going to be as healthy of a mom as I am a person. Mm -hmm. And so I think probably the most helpful thing for me to do for my kid is to just become healthier. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. That is correct. Y'all are moms. Y'all tell me if I'm off on that. And accountability. (laughs) Great. Perfect. That's my favorite. Yeah. Word. Uh, Yeah. I mean, and you talk about, you know, and this is obviously the preacher kid piece coming, you know, out in me, but yeah, I mean, the church is supposed to be obviously a safe place. And, um, but I always get very, very uncomfortable when I see people in leadership roles, anywhere from youth to small group to the head pastor. And I don't know who can speak freely in their life. Yes. Like, I, so even when we came to Nashville, I'm like, who gets to line you out when you get off the stage? Yes. You know, seriously, like who, not necessarily, which my husband does a great job with me, um, (laughs) as you know, most of you are probably aware. Um, but you know, outside of that, like Mm -hmm. other people have to have a place to speak in our lives. And we, you know, we live that out here pretty, Mm -hmm. (laughs) pretty easily. I think at mercy, I'm thankful for that, but you can also see 
how carefully it can twist Mm -hmm. and that, you know, is there no one to, you know, of course we're just using the scenario. We weren't there, but there was no one being like, Hey, I feel like maybe we shouldn't, uh, shouldn't make her feel bad about this. We might, might want to step up. And I'm pretty sure that her abuser, I I don't want to be wrong in saying this. I'm pretty sure that abuser was in a leadership role within yes. the church. The oh, abuser well, sure. Himself yeah, it's not, was. it's not Randy in the back row. <laughs> right, you know, course. just... <laughs> you know that Randy guy. You know, yes. sorry if anybody's saying Randy, Randy, random. See, I tried to it, make okay, it. Okay, random, yeah, yes, I had a... Yes. That was the... That's yeah. where you were going with no, that. But was I where, mean, yeah. you know, like we do, that's one of the many, many, many things that we talk about at, the, at our workshops is like, you need at least like a handful. And we're not saying yeah. 50. We're saying like, two, three, four people who have all access to your life and can speak into your life at all levels. Oh yeah. Now you can be very particular about who you choose to be in those, like, but it needs to be someone who's not only spiritually mature, but also has the courage and the guts to call you out when it needs to happen. Yes. Because here's the thing. I have some wonderful friends in my life. Some of them of whom they're just, they're not going to be the ones who do that. No. They're not going to be the ones who are like, Hey, uh, yeah, this, you're, you're going to need to look at this and they're wonderful. I'm not trying to, I mean, I'm actually not really great at that either. I need to be better at that myself with the people that I love. Um, but, but I think what you see so many times is that as someone's platform gets larger and as their title gets bigger, they get more and more isolated in that place of yeah. leadership and few, there's fewer and fewer people in that inner circle for them. Oh, I just, I'm like downfall is coming. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just a matter of time. Yeah. And so no matter what level of leadership you're in, big, small church, non-church, whatever it is, um, that accountability piece is so important and the ability to say, you know what, when something rises up for me, we always tell the story of Nancy at our workshops mm-hmm. as well. Of like when she had a good friend who did have all access to her life and knew the things that were going on in her life and said, Hey, you're going to need to go deal with this stuff that the Lord's been bringing up for you. And of course, Nancy's like, what do you mean? I'm leading this ministry. I can't go get help. And her friend's like, no, you're going to go get help. Mm -hmm. And she did. And that was seven years of counseling. And, And Nancy always talks about how if she had not, she is confident. And I agree with her that if she had not had the courage and boldness to go and get help with those issues that were coming up for her, even while she was right in the middle of leading this ministry, if she had not been willing to go and do that, she probably would no longer be at her post here at mercy. Um, I think mercy would still be going strong because we all agree that it's, it's God's ministry. She says the same, it's not hers, but there would be somebody else probably at the helm. Yeah. The helm? At the helm? Is that right? The helm. That is. Okay. It's <laughs> like all of a sudden That's... that sounded wrong. But yeah, so I just, not only do you need accountability, but you also need to be very willing when your stuff starts coming up to own it yeah. and to seek out help when you need help yeah. and to not put on that whole like, oh, I'm great. I'm a leader. I got to have it all together. No, that is like so far. That is just, I don't know. It's just deceptive. It's yeah. from the enemy yeah. that you would have to think that you couldn't go get help if you need help. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. And it's such a good point too, because you're really only going to give away what you carry anyways. And this phrase at empower has like blown my mind, but which I've heard it before, but in this context, hurt people, hurt people, Mm -hmm. which makes a lot of sense when you look at cycles and generational abuse, you think, and it's not an excuse. It's not a justification for what's been done, but you look at, Oh Wow. And again, I'm using a random name, Randy, <laughs> poor, poor Randy. Randy, random guy. He, um, had, sorry, I'm just thinking back to Brooks' name. He, you know, was abused by 
Yeah. And I would say his dad. And so he goes and acts out yeah. and the way he knows how. And it's not, again, it's not justifying it, but it, it really makes it, I think, that much more important that you've got to be honest and get help. Because if you don't, like, it's never... And then even if you didn't go and act it out on somebody else, you're going to be living in bondage and suffering yeah. and um, self-hatred. And it's just such a miserable yeah. cycle. But then the flip side of that is free people, free people, mm-hmm. which is really exciting mm-hmm. because you think... There's a lot of work to be done, mm-hmm. a lot of good kingdom work, and you want to be in that, but you've got to deal with your stuff. Yep, yep. Deal with your stuff is like so And important. I don't think there's a way around it. I think no. what we always say, like, you give away what you carry, you do. I mean, what, what else do you have to give away <laughs> yeah. than what you carry? And so if you think, oh, I'm dealing with this hurt or this wounding or these issues, but it's only affecting me, yeah. trust us, it's not. It is not just affecting you. You yeah. are giving away your hurt. You yeah. are giving away your issues or whatever that might be. And so if I am, for example, parenting mm. from a place of woundedness, I it's affecting my kids. Oh, come on. Like, I, know. I can't yeah, hide I that. I can't keep that away no, from them. I wish she could see my face. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> for Lord, you to yes. think that your issues are only affecting you is yeah. like, that's just completely impossible. Yes. Well, and part of that is, you know, people who, who believe that, I mean, that again, it's just another lie. Like it's just that, see, you don't have to deal with anything. No yeah. one's noticing. I'm yeah. just over here. You're doing it great. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. And you know, but it is, I mean, who we are and how we view the world affects every single thing, you know, Jesus, not Jesus, whatever the thing, how you view the world affects every interaction Absolutely. you have. Uh, I mean, every interaction, how yes. you read an email, like, I mean, everything, the yeah. voices that you hear in your head when other people text you, like, yeah. Yeah. you know, yeah, are you that's perpetually yes. offended? I mean, think about it. How wow. you view the world yes. is how, you know, yep. you see those things, um, you know, and this is, you know, kind of tying back to even her story. You know, uh, one of the things that Brittany shared was that her parents were basically like, just get over it, you know? And, and I don't think that, again, I'm sure not Mm -hmm. from a place of trying to be hurtful or anything, Mm -hmm. but you know, you just, if you don't know what to do with trauma or your kid hurting, you're like, uh, you just be better. better." Yeah. 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 I mean, seriously. And you know, we can, you know, laugh about that, but it's, you know, when, I mean, I can't tell you there's some days, even with Liam, like he's had a hard day at school and I'm just like, can it just not be today? Right. Please. Mm -hmm. Could that day be tomorrow? But it isn't, (laughs) it's always on the day you need it to not be. That's how life works (laughs) and you know, whatever. And so, I mean, I say that jokingly, but, but the reality is, you know, if your voice in your head is, I need to just get it together. Or if you have people in your life, like, why are you, you know, uh, why are you acting the way you're acting? Um, you know what I'm saying? Or whatever it is like one, don't get caught in being a victim in that. I'm not saying that, but also that's not how it works. You don't just get over things. Mm -hmm. It hurts you say that it hurts you. It's okay that I'm not okay. Mm -hmm. You know? And then again, going back, what's the action going to be about it though? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, go into the Lord and letting him deal Mm -hmm. with it. And guess what? He loves you no matter what. Mm -hmm. I mean, no matter what happens, Mm -hmm loves you. And so there's no, and how excited I think about this, this really hit home with me when I became a parent, when Liam comes to me and asks me for my advice and my input on situations, like I got to try and be really cool (laughs) because I want to be like, Oh my God, 
gosh, just <laughs> sit down. The I will pour gift. my yes. wisdom into you. Right. But I was like, but the Lord was like, how do you think it is with me? Like, you know, you want to come just tell me all the things that are wrong. But like, what about when you actually ask for my feedback? Mm. You know, how excited yeah, he gets yeah. for us and with us. And, and you know, I don't right. care that Liam had a bad day. I'm just like, yeah, here's how we can fix. This is going to be great. You know, like we can, do you know, I'm not upset with him because yeah. he's asking what to do do with it yeah. you know yeah. so anyway that's i don't good. know if that makes any sense but um you know that's really don't believe that lie that you just have to get over it yeah. you have to deal with it yeah but you yeah. don't have to just pretend it's not a thing yeah yeah it's yeah. good Ooh, that's so good yeah so many good things here and um the really cool thing again is that it's another story of redemption of someone who came and and faced those hard things and those hard questions and Mm-hmm. got into the deep places of, of wounding and Jesus really did a work there. Mm-hmm. And, um, anyways, it's, it's pretty powerful to see the way that God can restore and mm-hmm. make all things new. Mm-hmm. Um, but we hope you're enjoying, uh, just going through these stories. They're, they're hard. Some of these are really mm-hmm. hard. And this was a hard one for me. I think before we started this podcast, we all took a big deep breath. We were like, yeah. and here we go. And it's hard because <laughs> I feel like we're hardly even able to do the oh. stories justice. Yeah. Because I mean, there's a full chapter of them in oh the my book gosh. and we're trying to like pare it down to a five minute, like an entire life story in five minutes. Yeah. So it almost yeah. feels like we're, I don't know, yeah. not respecting the story fully, but that's why we just Man, we yeah. really do encourage you to get the book. Get yeah. The book. Yeah. It, it'll give you just a broader picture, but also not only just of their story, but also of how God moved and worked and revealed himself to them, which is, again, such a faith building thing. This book has been mm-hmm. a faith building thing for me. So uh, we've got a couple more weeks in this series, and we really, really hope that you will uh, join us in the next couple weeks as we continue to dig in and see how God is redeeming and restoring, making all things new. We'll talk to you. We're so glad you joined us today. We'd love for you to head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. You can also find previous episodes there. Mercy Multiplied is a nonprofit organization completely funded by our donors. We're incredibly grateful and couldn't do what we do without them. If you want to find out more how you can partner with us financially, head over to mercymultiplied.com.